Chapter Four of Marjorie Dean, High School Sophomore by Pauline Lester. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter Four Introducing Mary to the Girls. We've come for a last inspection, Captain. How do we look? Marjorie Dean danced into her mother's room, her brown eyes sparkling with anticipation, her charming face all smiles. Mary Raymond followed her excited chum. Halt! Company! Attention! commanded Mrs. Dean as she turned from her dressing table to pass opinion upon the waiting brigade of two. Her brown eyes rested approvingly upon the trim figures drawn up in their most soldierly attitude before her. Marjorie's frock of pink linen, with its wide lace collar and cuffs, exactly suited her dark eyes and hair, while Mary's gown of pale blue, of the same material, served to accentuate the fairness of her skin and the gold of her curls. "'Shall we do, Captain?' Are we absolutely spick and span? Marjorie turned slowly about, then made a laughing dive at her mother and enveloped her in a devastating embrace. Now see the havoc you've wrought, complained Mrs. Dean. I shall have to do my hair over again. Never mind, I'll forgive you, and being magnanimous will state that I am very proud of the appearance of my army. "'You're a gallant officer and a dear, all in one.' Marjorie caught her mother's hand in hers. "'Now we must be on our way. "'We are going to school early because Mary will have to see Miss Archer. "'Besides, I'm anxious for her to meet Jerry Macy and some of the other girls. "'If only she had come to Sanford sooner, I'd have loved to give a party for her. "'Then she'd know every one of my friends.' Oh, well, there is plenty of time for that. Goodbye, Captain. We'll be back before long. There is never very much to do in school on the first day. Dropping a gay little kiss on her mother's smooth cheek, Marjorie left the room, followed by Mary, who stopped just long enough to kiss Mrs. Dean goodbye. Three weeks had slipped by since Mr. Raymond and Mary had come to Sanford upon the so-called mysterious mission that had made Mary Raymond a member of the Dean household. They had returned to the city of B the following day. From there Mr. Raymond had gone directly to the mountains for his wife, who in spite of her ill health had insisted on returning to her home to oversee the making of Mary's gowns and the choosing of her wardrobe in general. Two days before coming to Sanford, Mary had seen her mother off on her journey to Colorado in quest of health. She had put on a brave face and smiled when she wished to cry and it was alone the thought that she was going to live with Marjorie during her mother's absence that kept her from breaking down at the last sad moment of farewell. It was a sober-faced, sad-eyed Mary that Marjorie had met at the train, but, under the irresistible sunniness of Marjorie's nature, 
Mary had soon emerged from her cloud, and now the prospect of entering Stamford High filled her with lively anticipation. As Marjorie and Mary emerged from the house and swung down the stone walk in perfect step, they beheld a stout and to Marjorie a decidedly familiar figure turning in at the gate. In the same instant a joyous hello rent the air, and the stout girl cantered up the walk at a surprising rate of speed. There was a delighted gurgle from Marjorie that ended in a fervent embrace of the two young women. "'Oh, Jerry, I'm so glad to see you. I was afraid you wouldn't be back in Sanford before school opened. I saw Irma day before yesterday, and she said she hadn't heard a word from you for over a week.' We didn't get here until last night at ten o'clock. Maybe I'm not glad to see you. Jerry beamed affectionately upon Marjorie. This is my friend, Mary Raymond, Jerry, introduced Marjorie. She is going to live with us this winter and be a sophomore at dear old Sanford High. There will be six of us instead of five now. I'm glad to know you. Jerry smiled and stretched forth a plump hand in greeting. I've heard a lot about you. I've heard Marjorie speak of you, too. I'm ever so pleased to meet you. Mary exhibited a friendliness toward Jerry Macy that had been quite lacking in her greeting of Constance Stevens. As the three stood for a moment at the gate, Jerry's eyes suddenly grew very round. Why, Marjorie, your friend looks like Connie, doesn't she? Of course she does, replied Marjorie happily. Don't you remember I told you long ago that was why I felt so drawn toward Connie in the first place? Yes, I remember it now. Isn't it funny that your two dearest friends should look alike? Have you met Constance, Mary? I'm going to call you Mary. I never call a girl miss unless I can't bear her. I'm sure I'm going to like you. Not only because your Marjorie is chum, but for yourself, you know. If you turn out to be even one half as nice as Constance Stevens, I'll adore you. Connie is a dear, and no mistake about it. The shadow of a frown touched Mary's forehead. Why must she be compelled to hear continually of Constance Stevens? And why should this Jerry Macy place her and Constance on the same plane in Marjorie's affection? She did not propose to share her place in her chum's heart with anyone. Of course, this girl could not possibly know just how much she and Marjorie had always been to each other. Later on they would understand. They would soon see that Marjorie preferred her above all others. Comforted by this reflection, the shadow passed from Mary's face, and the trio started down the street for school, chatting and laughing as only carefree schoolgirls can. Once inside the school building, Jerry said goodbye to them and turned down the corridor toward the study hall. Marjorie smiled with tender reminiscence as she and Mary climbed the familiar broad stairway to the second floor. 
She was thinking of another Monday morning that belonged to the past, when a timid stranger had climbed those same stairs and diffidently inquired the way to the principal's office. How far away that day seemed, and how much had happened within those same walls since that fateful morning. "'I'll never forget my first morning here,' she said to Mary as they walked down the corridor toward their destination the last room on the east side. Captain had a headache and couldn't come with me. I had to march into Miss Archer's office all by myself. I felt like a forlorn stranger in a strange, unfriendly land. Then I met such a nice girl, Ellen Seymour, a friend of mine now, and she took me to the office and introduced me to Miss Archer. Before Mary had time to reply, they had entered the cheerful living-room office that had so greatly impressed Marjorie on her first introduction to Sanford High. A tall, dark girl seated at the desk at one end of the room glanced up at the sound of the opening door. She hurried forward with a little exclamation of delighted surprise. "'Why, Marjorie!' she exclaimed. I was just thinking of you. I was wondering if you'd be in for the first day. I had made up my mind to run down to the study hall a little later and see. She now had Marjorie's hands in an affectionate clasp. I've been wondering about you too, nodded Marjorie. You are another stray who didn't come back until the last minute. I'm a working girl, you know, reminded Marcia. Dr. Bernard was dreadfully disappointed because I wouldn't give up high school and keep on being his secretary, but I couldn't do that. Of course you couldn't, agreed Marjorie, especially now that you are a senior. Mary Raymond had drawn back a little while Marjorie and Marcia Arnold, Miss Archer's once disagreeable secretary, but now a changed girl, through the influence of Marjorie, exchanged greetings. Marjorie turned and drew her chum forward, introducing her to Marcia, who bowed and extended her hand in friendly fashion. "'Is Miss Archer busy, Marcia?' asked Marjorie, after she had explained that Mary was to become a pupil of Sanford High School. "'Wait a moment, I'll see.' Marcia went into the inner office, returning almost instantly with, "'Go right in. She is anxious to see you, Marjorie.' Miss Archer's affectionate welcome of Marjorie Dean brought a flush of sheer pleasure to the girl's cheeks. Her heart thrilled with joy at the thought that there was now no veil of misunderstanding between her and her beloved principal. "'And so this is Mary Raymond?' Miss Archer took the newcomer's hand in both her own. "'We are glad to welcome you into our school, my dear. "'Your principal at Franklin High has already written me of you. "'How long have you been in Sanford?' Mary answered rather shyly, explaining her situation, while Marjorie looked on with affectionate eyes. She was anxious that Miss Archer should learn to know and love Mary.' "'I will put you in Marjorie's hands,' declared Miss Archer, after a few moments' pleasant conversation. "'She will take you to the study hall, and see that you are made to feel at home. 
we wish our girls to look upon their school as their second home considering they spend so much of their time here please tell your mother marjorie she added as the two girls turned to leave the room that i shall try to call on her this week how do you like miss archer isn't she splendid were the quick questions marjorie put as they retraced their steps down the long corridor i know i'm going to love her returned mary fervently i hope i'll be happy here marjorie there was a wistful note in her voice that caused marjorie to glance sharply at her friend mary's charming face was set in unusually sober lines poor mary was her reflection she's thinking of her mother but mary raymond's thoughts were far from the subject of her mother instead they were fixed upon what jerry macy had said that morning about constance stevens miss archer had asked about constance too she had spoken of her as though she and marjorie were best friends what had she meant when she said well marjorie you and constance deserve fair sophomore weather after last year's storms the flame of jealousy which mary had sought to stifle after her first meeting with constance was kindled afresh what did miss archer mean when she spoke of you and miss stevens and last year's storms she asked abruptly oh i can't explain now it's too long a story here we are at the study hall her mind occupied with school marjorie had not caught the strained note in mary's voice she doesn't wish me to know was mary's jealous thought she is keeping secrets from me all right let her keep them only i know one thing and that is i'll never 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 be friends with constance stevens not even to please marjorie End of chapter 4 Recording by Ashley Jane